Listen, we're in our um, uh, series called One Month to Live. And what we've been asking ourselves, both in the service and in our small groups, is if you only had a month to live, how would you live your life? What would it look like? Because if, if, if you've met people like I have who really don't have much time to live, those priorities get assembled in the right order. Don't, I don't know if you've ever met anyone who doesn't have too much time to live, but what are the things that are important? Relationship with God, relationship with people. Things don't really matter anymore. They're not like going to the mall going, yeah, there's a sale. You know, they're, they're, they're spending time on the things that are most important. And so we've been asking ourselves this question, if you only had one month to live how would you, uh, uh, would you do that? Would you ask that? And we, we've been having fun at our house. I don't know if you've been doing it because the whole church is going through this. So the, the youth ministry is going through it and children's ministry and uh, all the adults. And so at our house, this has been coming up. We've been saying, well, would you do that if you only had one month to live? Would you, uh, you know, buy that? Would you ask that question? Would you do that? And my kids have come to the conclusion that if they had a month to live, they wouldn't do any chores. Uh, and so it's really working out well for them because, you know, I'm the pastor. So they're like, well, dad, if I had a month to live, I probably wouldn't clean my room. I'm like, Ugh, they got me. OK, but that's what we've been asking ourselves. And, and each week we've been we've been going over this verse in John chapter 10, uh, verse 10. And it says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly, abundantly. See, here's the thing. If you live your life like you only have 30 days to live and those priorities get rearranged, it is going to have an impact on your life because here's, I think that God, I could be wrong, but I think for most of you, you got more than 30 days, okay? I might be putting myself out on a limb there, but we probably have more than 30 days. So can we learn something in these 30 days, in this month, to carry into the rest of our lives. And that's what we've been talking about. And what Jesus is saying here is that uh, he's the good shepherd. He's the gate for the sheep. And, and he brings the sheep into the, where they're supposed to be in safety. And this is their life, guided by the shepherd. And if you try to experience life, if you try to experience a rela- uh, um, uh, an abundant life outside of what God has designed, that is a thief and will rob you of your joy. What started out as just a few drinks, fun with the buddies, robbed you and turned into alcoholism. What started as just uh, uh, a little thing, you just blow off some steam, go to Vegas, whatever, has turned into a gambling problem. What started as just a little flirting, it makes me feel better, makes me, has turned into an affair. The thief robs you of the life God has for you in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> We don't have to look any farther. Sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting over being sick. We don't have to look any farther than our economy. Right? I mean, well, my goodness, oh, we're all going to die. And what happens if the stimulus plan doesn't work? And what happens if the stock market and the housing market and all this? And everybody who's based their life on possessions and on money and all this kind of stuff has been robbed when the economy tanks. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You saw it in the testimonies of the life change that happens. And so that's what we've been talking about. And this week, 
I believe, is a week that will um, change you probably more than the other weeks, to be honest. I mean, certainly come for the remainder of them. Uh, but this one really, if applied well to your life, has the uh, possibility uh, of changing your life forever. Now, this starts off with a relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's the thing that's going to do it. But after we have that relationship with Jesus, if we follow this week's kind of uh, pattern, you will see drastic change in your relationships. The title is Love Completely. Last week, we talked about living passionately. This week, we're talking about loving completely. Pastor Carlos did a series on, or a sermon on um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We call it the love chapter. And basically, it just kind of goes through all this stuff and describes love and what it is and what it isn't and all this kind of stuff. It's a great chapter to kind of immerse yourself in. And you can do that this week, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I always encourage people to read their Bibles during the week. But basically, it it, it, kind of goes through this thing of like love doesn't, um, let me read it to you real quick. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love does this. It doesn't do this. It is this. It is not this. Love is action. And here's what you're going to fill out at the top of your notes. You only have one thing to fill out, and it's this. You can act without love, but you cannot have love without action. You can act without love, but you cannot have love without action. And what I'm going to challenge you to do this week, and what I've challenged myself, as a matter of fact, my kids will tell you, even yesterday, I brought the family together and I apologized to them. Because I did not practice this week what I'm about ready to preach. <laughs> it stinks being a pastor. You get your butt kicked every week, okay? You know, you sit there and you're like, oh, man, come on, all right? But that's the whole point of it. That's the fun part. That's why I get paid to do it, okay? No, I'm kidding. All right, so, so it's this isn't and isn't, is, is, does, doesn't. As a matter of fact, I, I wrote it down. And it says it does not three times. It is not three times. It keeps no once. But it rejoices, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. A lot of people, when they talk about Christianity, they say it just seems like a bunch of do's and don'ts. Here's the thing. That's exactly what it is. You're like, wait a minute. You're not supposed to say that. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to take it one step further and say this. Every meaningful relationship you're in right now is a series of do's and don'ts. Your relationship with your wife. There's some things you better do. And there are some things you better not do. Okay? And she's probably got a longer list than you do. All right? Right? Wives. There are some things you do. There are some things you don't do. Kids. There are some things you do. There are some things you don't do. Every meaningful relationship we have is a series of do's and don'ts. It's not just feelings. It's not just how you feel. It's what you do. That shows how much you love. And what I'm challenging us to do this week, this, uh, week is if we have 30 days to live, what are we going to do to show love? When you get married, I, you know, as a pastor, I do uh, funerals and weddings. And 
I don't like doing either of them because they make me nervous, but I do them. And then when you do a funeral, I'm sorry, a wedding, I always get the two confused. No, all right, I'm chill. <laughs> I'm kidding, come on. All right, I'm joking. Come on, why are we looking at me like that, okay? Good night. I'm going to send him an email. Okay, good. All right. So when you do a wedding, the couple stands in front of you, and she's beautiful, and she's got this, I mean, she spent, you know, $2,500 on this gown, and he rented his, and he's going to turn it back the next day, but there they are. And so you say, uh, do you, you know, Margaret, take Ralph, you know, all this thing. And here's what happens. So the, the, you sit there, and you go through this whole thing. They're called the vows. You go through them, and the person, they're holding hands, and they look at each other, and they say, I feel. That's what they say. I feel. Would you take so and so? Yes, I feel. No. They say, I what? I do. I do. You do what? I promise to cherish, to hold. Some people write their own ones. I I, I will never, you know, whatever. They go through the whole thing. I'm going to do all this stuff and all that kind of stuff. But the whole point is you're promising to do. I do. You don't say, I, oh, I promise to feel butterflies in my stomach every time I look in your eyes. I'm like, those aren't butterflies, sweetie. I'm here to tell you that right now, okay? It's I do. Now, God modeled this for us. This is what's so awesome. God is love. He loves us. He loves you. And it goes beyond feeling for him. It says this, for God so loved the world that he just looked down and just felt so neat. No, God so loved the world that he gave, he did, he acted, he served, he provided a way out. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's how he showed it. It's not for God so loved the world that he felt. He gave He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, again, action in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's a section in Ephesians about husbands and wives and how they're supposed to live together. And none of it has anything to do with feelings. They're very difficult actions. Wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. Ew, right? For our society, that is not cool. submit to my husband and guess what men are supposed to feel really great about their wives no they're supposed to lay down their lives for their spouse it's action i do and you can act without love but you cannot love without action and every meaningful relationship is a series of do's and don'ts things you do and things you don't do as a matter of fact, this idea of, of feeling, I, I, one of, I, I have a movie clip that I'm going to show in a little bit about. Um, is love more than feelings? It's, it's short, so I'll just stay up here. For those of you who haven't seen Evan Almighty, uh, that was God uh, talking, by the way. But he says something interesting. I, li- I like this part because she was praying that the family get closer together. And he says, you think if someone prays for the family to be closer, God zaps them with fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Today, this week, for the next month, for the next year and after year after year, you are going to be presented with many, many opportunities to love each other. 
not to just feel it, but to do it. And that's what Jesus did. And that's who I want to talk about. Jesus said in uh, John chapter 13, verse 35, it's Jesus talking, and he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then he goes on, and in John chapter 15, he gives this great... um, idea that we're that we're attached to the vine that if you need you do you need help loving stick to jesus right and he says this now listen this is what i'm talking about every meaningful relationship is a series of do's and don'ts i i know we don't typically talk like that but it's the truth as the father has loved me jesus is talking right now and he says as the father has loved me so i've loved you There's this like channel from the Father to the Son to you. Now, it gets a little confusing because it's the Holy Spirit and Jesus is actually God and man and it's kind of confusing and you have to have a big brain to understand it and I don't. But this is the way it works. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Well, how in the world do we remain in Jesus's love? If you obey my commands, you mean it's a series of do's and don'ts? Absolutely, it's a series of do's and don'ts. Now listen, where you get confused and where I get confused is we don't do and don't do to earn his love. We already have that. We can't do anything to earn his love. But we do and we don't do to show our love, to remain in that love, to be in a relationship with God that is, empowers us to love. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's not about, oh man, I messed up, now God doesn't love me. Oh, now I did something great, now he loves me. It's not about that. But for a healthy relationship, we do what he wants us to do and we don't do what he doesn't want us to do. Now it goes on. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Now listen, this is wacky. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love, you mean to tell me the relationship between Jesus and the Father was a series of do's and don'ts? That's exactly what I'm saying. You say, wow, that's, that's kind of weird. That sounds like, that doesn't sound right. I mean, he, was, he existed in the form of God and he fumbled, uh, uh, humbled himself by taking the form of a bondservant. What do you mean it was a series of, of do's and don'ts? Listen, Jesus lived a sinless life. Had he sinned, had he done when he wasn't supposed to do, and had he had not done when he was supposed to do, he would not be the, the spotless lamb that he is to take away the sins of the world. So it was vitally important for God as man to not do what he was supposed to not do and to do what he was supposed to. Thank you. I don't know. I'm getting confused now, right? It was vitally important. And so this is the model he set for us. This series of do's and don'ts. Now it goes on. I was like, man, that sounds awfully uh, harsh. What does he do? He says this. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is how you and I were designed to love. By obedience. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then he goes on and he says one of the greatest statements ever, that if we take this into our relationships this week, if we take this into our workplace, if we take this into our neighborhood, it will absolutely change your life, I promise you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. (coughs) Excuse me. 
is, are we talking about Jesus dying on the cross? Absolutely. But we're talking about that everyday occurrence. Listen, every thought Jesus had, he had to immediately take captive. Everything he wanted, I mean, seriously, if I were Jesus and the Pharisees just kept coming up on me, one day I'd just zap them, broken leg, there we go, and that's what I'm talking about. Jesus didn't do that. Every little decision, every, every thought, every action, he did exactly what his heavenly father told him to do or told him not to do. Don't say that. Okay, I won't say that. Don't think that. Okay, I won't think that. He was tempted, the Bible says, just like you and I. But he didn't do it. Why? Because he loves us. We're going to wrap this up in just a little bit about how this all works together. But I, I want us to see, and we looked at this a couple weeks ago, when, when Jesus wanted to show the full extent of his love, so it, sa- it says this in, in John um, chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. This is it. I mean, he's showing them now everything. He's, he's loved them, and now he's going to show them. What's he going to do? Is he going to die on the cross? Not yet. He's got something to do before then. And in John chapter three, 13, verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and he was returning to God, and so he did this. He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. You know what this would be like? It would be like this. Joe knew that God had given him the family that he had been given. And he knew that he only had one month to live, or maybe he's got 40 more years to live. And so he wanted to show his family the full extent of his love. So he got up from the table with his own plate, and he walked to the dishes, and he wrapped an apron his waist, and he began dishes. Yeah, look at that. So women are like, preach it. Oh, I love that. All right? Okay. So I raised your hand. I've never seen you guys so animated before. Right? That's what it's like. It's like, it's like, my, it's like little Julie understood that her parents had brought her into this world and they can take her out of it. And she realized all that she'd been given. And, she's, and so she, she went in and she cleaned up her room. See, it, 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 it doesn't, yeah, praise be. Uh, right? this is the thing, guys. This is the thing, and this is what we have to understand. I can preach on blue in the faith about deep doctrines and all sorts of things and Jesus and the Trinity and all this kind of stuff, but until we learn to serve one another, until we learn to take this idea of, of, of obeying every little thing God wants us to do, and we do it, our lives are going to be no different. You know what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1? It says this. Knowledge, you could read the whole Bible, memorize it. All that do, does is puff you up. But love edifies. Love makes a difference. Being in line and going, you know what? You go ahead. Or whatever it is. And we're going to talk about this at the end because no one's going to be off the hook because I wasn't. So you're going to have to pay as well. He got up from the meal. This is Jesus. This is God in the form of flesh. I mean, he already did everything. He obeyed everything. And now he's serving? Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes on. Uh, No, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. Kids, we're going to play a little game. 
Are the kids here? Here we go. Yeah, yeah, you ready? I'm going to read a section of scripture, and in this section of scripture, it's got the word love, loves, loved, anything that has love in it. You're going to count, and then you're going to tell me how many times it says love, okay? It's in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, ready? Kids, you ready? Parents, you pay attention to the verses. All right, here we go. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent, he sent, he did, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Any kid? Now, you already baptized. That's cheating. Uh, you already spoke. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly right. <laughs> Thirteen. Okay, good job. Nailed it. Okay. All right. Now, after this section of Scripture, there's another section of Scripture that has another 13 loves in it. 26 loves. Guess what the subject is of this section of Scripture? Yeah. See, the Bible's not that confusing, is it? Love. He's talking about God is love. You should love. He sent his son for love. We're here for love. Love, 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 love. 26 times. Then it goes on. It's so, it's so, matter of fact, you know what? I missed this verse last time. In verse 21, it says this, and he's given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. You got one month to live. How are you going to show your family you love them? How are you going to show the people in your work you love them? You're like, well, I don't love the people in my work. Then you got to start right there, <laughs> okay? It's a command. How are you going to love your neighbor? How is it really going to impact you? Because when it takes hold, and when you begin to lay down your life for people in the little things, your life is radically transformed. That was good. 13, you counted them all. All right, I want to I read another section of Scripture. And we're going to wrap up with this. This is so important. Look at this. You say, well, how do I know, John? How do I know that I'm loving people? The Bible gives a very specific answer to this question. Don't change it just yet. It says this. This is how we know that we love the children of God. How do we know we love each other? How, how do we know that you really love me? How am I going to know that? Because what follows right after this is the answer to this question. So you want to look in your house and go, man, am I really a loving father? You'll apply what comes next. If you want to know, am I really a loving husband? Am I really a loving wife? Am I kids? Am I really loving my parents? It says, this is how we know. By loving God and carrying out His commands. You want to love your wife? Man, obey the Lord. 
You want to love your husband? Female? I don't know. Woman? I don't know. I, woman just sounded so... Woman? No. <laughs> Madam? Miss? Okay. Right. All right. Ms. Okay. Right? Obey your heavenly father. You, you want to love each other? Obey your heavenly father. See, because what Jesus did, he loved completely. He loved us all the way to the end. How did he do it? He obeyed his heavenly father. And so, because, see, here's the thing. When we operate outside of God's love, we, outside of God's commands, we are not loving each other. When you live together outside of marriage and you're having sex outside of marriage, you are not loving each other. Oh, but it feels, oh, but we got to test drive and we've you know, we got to do all this kind of stuff. It doesn't work that way. You're not loving them. And so if you're in a relationship and it's outside of God's design, you are not loving each other, the scripture says. How do I know I'm loving each, uh, somebody? Because I'm obeying what God has asked me to do. Because I know that when I do that, I'm going to have the greatest impact I could ever have in my life. I'm going to have the greatest impact in my family when I obey God. This week, God told me, you work too much. So I have to figure out how I'm going to obey God. And guess what? My family probably benefits from that, right? God tells me things during the week. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't, don't ask that. Don't think about that. Don't want that. How I'm going to love the people around me is by obeying that. You say, okay, well, that's how we know we love each other, okay? We, we obey the word. How do we know we love God? It goes like this. Next one. So this is verse 2. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. Well, then how do we love God? This is love for God, to obey his commands. You see a pattern? To love people, you obey God's commands. To love God, you obey God's commands. And his commands are not burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. When you receive the benefit of following God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, then you will see the impact that you will have as you love your neighbor as yourself. As the worship band returns. This week, I guarantee you something's going to happen. I almost guarantee it. I could probably promise it, but I'm afraid that if it doesn't happen, someone's going to fall away from the faith or something. But from the vast majority of you, this week, you are going to be doing something. You're going to be on the computer. You're going to be in front of the television. You're going to be in line somewhere. And you're going to hear a little voice that says, do this. You might be in front of the television, and you hear something going on in your house, and you hear a voice in your head, you shouldn't be watching television right now. Okay? I'm, I'm only going to give a few examples because it could be anything. You might be in the line at the store and you're going to hear a voice say, you know what, you need to, and this is going to be your thing. This is going to be your act of obedience. And it's going to start there. Husbands, you're going to be at work and you're going to hear somebody go, you should call your wife right now and tell her you love her. You should send her a text message. You should do something because you committed with i do not i think or i feel but i do wives god is going to talk to you this week 
to your husbands, this is what I want you to do. Love is not a feeling, it's obedience. And if you want to love completely, if I want to love completely and be the father I'm supposed to be, I need to obey completely.